0: Welcome to Splat Book, the RPG design podcast. If this is your first episode, we choose a tabletop RPG design topic in a genre or setting to focus our discussion. This show is brought to you by the generous contributions of the lovely backers of the Map Crow Patreon. If you would like to show your support and receive a monthly asset packs of digital terrain and minis for your virtual tabletop gaming, head over to patreon.com slash mapcrow and pledge today. So hey, doll, merry doll, ring-a-dong, dillo. My name is Kyle, though the orcs know me as Math Crow. <laughs> and the elves know me as Map Maprandir. Uh, and with me today is my favorite Game Master, uh, John. How are you doing, John?
1: <laughs> and I, Kyle, my favorite hobbit. I'm doing awesome.
0: <laughs> we are talking about running canon settings... Uh, yes. And we are using uh, Middle Earth to kind of uh, focus this discussion. So, what yes. what what recent events may have brought about this discussion? It
1: could think? be that the One Ring role playing game second edition Kickstarter. Started delivering, and and I might have received my package of goodies, <laughs> and have spent most of the weekend reading them.
0: So what? So when you saw when you saw this free league um uh, announcement that they were doing this Kickstarter for the second edition of the One Ring, what made you think I have to have this?
1: It's always sort of been an itch that that other role playing games that I've played have never quite scratched. Mm. There's something different about. Middle Earth and adventuring in Lord of the Rings—that is, you know—they do in fact go into a dungeon, right? They go into Moria. It's like the classic; it is the classic, you know, D and D dungeon, right? To go through Moria, um, but at the same time, there's something about the travel and the interaction and um, this the split stories and. Sort of the fact that a lot of the challenges they face don't have anything to do with external enemies, though there are orcs, right? But but Frodo's big challenge doesn't really have anything to do with orcs, right? He's fighting himself. And there's something about that story. And, and a lot of people today would say that the problem with Middle-earth, uh, and Lord of the Rings is I've heard writers say the mistake Tolkien makes is the mistake every first time fantasist makes is they over explain their world and they're more into their setting than the action of their story. Mm. I would say that's actually a fair criticism. Agreed. I would also say that's what makes it great. Agreed. That's why we love it. Right. Yeah. And and that's why as a as a setting, it may be ideal to insert your own characters into. Right. Whoa.
0: Uh, now, okay, you had me until that last sentence. Uh, <laughs> I am astonished that that is how that paragraph ends. Because uh, I well, could not think you... of something I have a, a more opposite opinion on that we've ever discussed. So, but be, Do it.
1: please tell tell me what you mean. Like, I love this. Well, so the idea, like, let's take this current game and then I think we can get into the older games and why I don't think they worked. Um, (laughs) so i think the reason this game works and i've only read the starter set and the starter set adventures but the idea um, is that all the adventure in this world is time boxed in this game it takes place between bilbo finding the ring and the destruction of the ring which in game terms is like 70 years. yeah, right?
0: It <laughs> actually doesn't sound like a box. that sounds like longer than most games exactly
1: <laughs> And so the very uh, first adventures feature well, I'll get into the adventures later because they're so great and I won't I don't want to do spoilers on them. but the point I'm making is there's an easy space, there's a lot happening in that world, and there's an easy space to be Hobbits on an adventure just around Hobbiton. Um, you know running into wolves or whatever or rangers i mean there's a whole backstory about rangers protecting the shire for centuries yeah that you don't know anything about so you could just be a ranger trying to save the shire from some nefarious goblin plot like you there's there's a whole world there that i think is hinted at but not described and that allows you as a gm and a player to build it in the the downside is you cannot change the major events of the world, right? So you cannot steal the ring from Bilbo and go take it to Mirkwood and give it to the sorcerer and Dol Guldur before he becomes Sauron, right? Well, I mean, not with that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) But but those are the things that are off limits to you. But I don't care about those things because I care about the rest of the world and how interesting it is to me that I'm happy to run around it and have nothing to do with the rings of power.
0: See, and this is I think this really puts a a point in um, kind of the the topic that we're talking about, because if the last couple of sentences have just been gibberish to you, you (laughs) you probably if you found out that, you know, that you were running a a one ring game uh, set in Middle Earth uh, in, in Tolkien's flawless legendarium. You would probably start sweating bullets because it's like this is there's so much information and people talk about this and love this so much. What right. if I screw it up? And yes. and and even you know in the 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 um, interviews with the folks that are making the the One Ring the game, yeah. um, like they are very worried about screwing things up. So like, there's already so much like pressure going on. And then here you are saying,
1: this is perfect to put your own characters in. So like, <laughs> yeah, let's unpack that a little bit more, please. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. This is such a good point. I, I want to say like, I probably have that stress more about star Wars than yeah. I do about Lord of the Rings. And there's probably two reasons for that. One is more confidence with Lord of the Rings relative to my friends right mm. so so you know i have a um a friend who's so to star wars he just it just quoting it is just it just happens all the time like my boss has all her tattoos are star wars tattoos right so like like i i would be really scared of screwing up if i were to run a game for that group right it's interesting yeah but in my group i feel like i'm the one who who who's read lord of the rings way too many times <laughs> And how many times is that?
0: Would you? That's a major? lot. There That's was a, a while lot?
1: where I was reading it like every year. I haven't read it in a few years, but, oh. um, but I do love it, and I do, and I do like to dig into the world. So, but you make a great point, right? Which is, there's an example a lot of people give when we're having this conversation about the the Indiana Jones role playing game, hmm. which is not a great game, and part of the problem is, is is the characters you can play are Indiana Jones or Marion, or Short Round, right? Like, like there's no... You're not your own treasure hunter. Or the Doctor Who game. Like, one person gets to play the Doctor, and then everybody
0: else is, like, a robot dog, or, like, some idiot who just, like, wandered into a (laughs) blue box one day.
1: (laughs) Lord of the Rings lends itself to having characters doing other things than the main story better than the Doctor Who game does. Are you even planning on running this beautiful game that you got in the mail? Yes, so I'm, I'm currently planning two things. That's a great question. And now, I know it's, it's, it is about, actually
0: kind of a rude question, I think, it,
1: but. it is, but, <laughs> but RPGs is reading materials versus RPGs as, so for example, free league made another game called Vason, which mm. I love and I would love to run some time, but I'm also content to have just read the book and looked at it. Cause it is such a wonderful yeah. artifact. It's um, art.
0: It's, it's why, why, why can't you enjoy it? However you will. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I have no, nothing against that, but uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so my plan is, um, I'm actually the starter set, which I will talk about in, in a little more detail now, is in the starter set, it's a, it's a great starter set. It prevents a very simplified version of the rules, and it has pre-generated characters. And all of the characters are characters you would be familiar with, but are not main characters in the story. Mm. But you get hired by Bilbo to, to retrieve something that he, he wants back. And that adventure, you're not fighting any orcs. There's no dire wolves on the borders. And and it is so charming and it feels so shire-like. Because the game is location specific as well. So you are in- That's
0: that's I think the key. That's what I yes. really want to dig into. Yeah.
1: So so you're basically in and around the Shire or that part of Middle Earth. So you could you could form this adventuring party from a variety of people, but but it's not whatever you want. It is strictly bounded to the north. West corner of Middle Earth.
0: I think the real secret is to go even more specific than that. So like in the case of this first one, so th- whatever you're setting, you're r- running in. But just having an adventure that says like, and you just tell people this is happening in Hobbiton. Yeah, you are hobbits in the Shire doing hobbit things. Keep the stakes and the setting really low and specific. and And then you can, if you want to like, do another adventure like pick somewhere else do new characters like not every yes. game has to be this level one to twenty you know like in prest- get into prestige classes to actually like be a fun time with your friends like this is what i like to say is is most problems at the table can be solved by talking to your friends about the game like you were trying to agree on pizza toppings Right, right. Uh, the, yes, the stakes are actually pretty low, but if you just say like if you just say like, hey, actually I'm allergic to that, no one's gonna be like, Well, thanks
1: for ruining my evening, <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> uh mo- most of the time it's not gonna be that dire.
1: Um so, And I think know. that's a great point because I think I think maybe the difference, like like if I were to run a a Middle earth token inspired game on Twitch, mm. I would be very worried about people being like well you got the thing wrong with the the rigs of power we're actually in those locations at that time <laughs> you totally ruined the universe like i'm not i might worry about that then but with my friends like um we could just talk about it right so yeah. so yeah i think that's the difference is is the is the level of play
0: that, that's that's a really good point it's like who just knowing your audience and know and, and just accept, accepting the fact that um, it's not an insult to literature as a whole if you if you get something wrong. It's just if like, I get yeah. the
1: location of the the Madame House in Mc, Mitchell Delving, I put it on the wrong side of the street. You know, I, we'll do, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. I do want to say though that the
0: worst times I've ever had in role playing mm-hmm. were both trying to run or play in canon settings from Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
1: Well, it can be tough. Like, like so let's take another canon setting, though. Your your canon setting that you fell in love with RPGs on was Dragon, Dragon Ball, Z. Ball Z. Yeah. Right. And I've heard a lot of people say the same thing about the Ghostbusters RPG and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG. I think the difference, and maybe I'm wrong, is, is maybe people don't take Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles quite as seriously as they take Middle Earth. I mean, I certainly hope not uh i'm sure
0: that, <laughs> i don't really want to consider did? the other side of <laughs> let's not even
1: entertain that for a moment um it's, but tell it's, me about your so i want to hear about these so the the canon settings star wars these are the two famous ones right star wars yes. and middle earth there's other famous ones but these are two pretty big ones what happened tell me it, so talk to me. the first, talk to the uncle first john one here
0: yeah the first let me tell you uncle john um uh the the first time so we played this dragon ball z game to basically like far past the conclusion of what the source material from the book had for us like we Mm -hmm. were making up a game by the end of it and then briefly we were all reading the hobbit around the same time Uh, uh and lord of the rings uh so so i basically tried to take the because, again, I I wasn't allowed to play Dungeons & Dragons, so I just took the system from this Dragon Ball Z game, <laughs> and we used that. Yes! To, and I tried to run a game in Middle-Earth.
1: I think... Uh, can I just pause here just for a moment and tell you that you telling me that... Okay, so our first episode, you said... Uh, if Elric fights Godzilla, yeah. and that became my favorite <laughs> sentence in the English language. And now you've just said, I ran a Middle Earth campaign using the Dragon Ball Z rules. And that's now my favorite sentence in the English language. So carry on, carry on please. Yeah,
0: So so basically, I mean, it turned in, we kept exactly the same tone. But we just we changed the setting. And that was that was <laughs> bothering me deeply because I was just like, you guys aren't taking this seriously. But it's also like, you know, it's this is the problem of like binary resolution systems, uh, uh, task resolution in, in games. It's like, you know, th- this I didn't want this character to die, but they did kind of get eaten by the watcher in front of the minds of Moria. Oh, no. <laughs> so they just ended up with all these, like, sucker scars all across their face. <laughs> and they decided, well, I don't like that. That seems humiliating. So I'm going to do what anybody at this specific year would do with their character and cover up their scars with the exact tattoos that Darth Maul had. <laughs> <laughs> And like the more I talk about this game, the more I'm just like, we. Why was I disappointed? This sounds great. This
1: sounds amazing. <laughs> and also, to be clear, none of this sounds like your fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of people. But but you know, I. Oh, here's here's another thing I did is I had rented the Lord of the Rings um, uh, Super Nintendo game that was based off of the Ralph Bakshi thing.
1: And I, I have had never it, seen this. I've watched the Rolf movie more times than I care to admit, but yes. I've never seen the Super Nintendo
0: game. It's not worth it. But it does have a crazy soundtrack, a really good soundtrack, um, though there are only five songs like on the whole game. Um, but I recorded <laughs> them on a, I'm on a cassette tape and then I played it during the game like this. Oh is my like. God. You have no idea how pure hearted I was as a young GM. <laughs> like, <laughs> this
1: is so amazing.
0: <laughs> so, um, so, and then they met Treebeard because Treebeard was my absolute favorite character in all of Lord of the Rings. Because he uh, rules. Besides Bilbo. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Treebeard shows up and, and then he, he like, somebody's eating like lumness bread. And mm-hmm. then he, a- he asks, uh, could, he, could he have some lumness bread? And then they were just like, but you don't eat, you're a tree beard guy. And then I and I was just like, oh no. And I'm pretty sure I freaked out so much about that. That was my last session that I ran. Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was I just felt so embarrassed for forgetting that tree beard probably doesn't eat and he probably doesn't have a house like I just described, or furniture. Like he builds gotcha. furniture out of his buddies. Like That's this is dark. <laughs> this is off. This is not canon. You know, this is (laughs) i've gone off brand we're in too deep it's too late and yeah i think i think i was just like guys this isn't working i'm not having a fun time and they were they i think they from what i remember um they were all pretty disappointed because they were having a blast but i was sweating bullets because i was i was i was ruining this thing that i loved by touching it and that's such um, a good point i'm so curious
1: about that like like you love something and you have a lot of enthusiasm for it and how do you how do you maintain that enthusiasm and not, and I think maybe it's just because we're more, we're old now, but We're we're able to do that and be, and not be so hard on ourselves as when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, I got to get this just right. Yeah, like, You know, that could be part of it. I wonder how much of the problems we had with RPGs and was just learning, you know what I mean? And it's a very different game now. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure at the, at the age you're talking about junior high school. Yeah. I would have want to played charming Bungling hobbits, right? I think I yeah. just would have wanna been Rangers <laughs> well, i think so I don't agree. I once heard somebody say that they they like to play a certain game all the time because they can tell whatever kind of story they want, and this is where we get to mm. mechanics and setting and why they matter, right so so let me let me make a pitch to you here about why the old Lord of the Rings games aren't great. And the new yeah, one maybe. is maybe better. Sure. Um, so the original Lord of the Rings game that I'm aware of was uh, Middle Earth Role Playing, mm-hmm. made by Iron Crown Enterprises, based on the Role Master system, which is a highly detailed tactical combat system. Mm. Um, so you were just playing Role Master, but the setting was Middle Earth. Now, what that game did great is it released book after book of just material about the world, and and you would just pick up this material and gobble it up and it was awesome but i don't think it ever offered a role-playing experience that felt like middle earth um, that's huge right I, that's something I, I don't hadn't think even mechanically considered. they didn't make mechanical choices to make the game feel like a middle earth game mm. like if you have a, a sorcerer who can cast all these spells like a huge spell slinger does that sound like a wizard in middle earth oh, so much no
0: and that's I, I think that's such a great point though is that uh sometimes the, the the if you get the the official licensed game sometimes that game and we we talked about this with Dragon Ball Z has yeah, yeah. those people didn't even necessarily have an interest in making this game feel like the premise you thought you were signing up for so sometimes right. sometimes the gm is having misaligned premise sometimes the players have misaligned premise and then sometimes the game has has a misaligned goal set for delivering you what you think the experience ought to be so what would you do what would you do if um, if you were just like are, are you going to when you think about running one ring are you thinking mostly running published adventures or are you thinking I, I want to tell my own story in this world
1: I, I am mostly and I am content and maybe this makes me a, a bad game master, but I actually am a fan of published adventures more than I ever used to be Interesting. A, and what I do with them is I take the components. Um, and so spoilers, like what I, there's no published adventure where, uh, at least as far as I can tell, where they meet, um, Tom Bombadil, but I know I have more than one player that would love that. Right. So he is included in the Shire source book. So I may take an adventure and, and manipulate it to be the adventure I want it to be. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not so, so that's usually my approach. Um, I would say this is true of, uh, a lot of different genres that I, I love a published adventure and I like to sort of bend it to my will a little bit rather than come up with something out of whole cloth. I think that's a really
0: like to me as like, you know, the the home, the homebrew junkie that I am. It's funny to me that it never occurred to me that one of the things you can do to overcome the the barrier to running a, a game in a canon setting is just do the published material stuff for once. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're not like, you're not having to make it up as you go along. You can just say like, well, this is what we have uh, tonight. You know, this is this is what we're doing and I have all the information that likely I will need. Uh, yeah. And and then the creativity comes with like the, how you role play, you know the 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 hobbits that are sneering at the weird you know player characters and all that
1: kind of stuff. There's still plenty of creativity left over. So you asked me that you know we were talking about not finding canon settings stressful. um I find that reassuring because then I don't have to I don't have to remember my own game world, right? Like I have <laughs> no problem if I if you and I are playing Lord of the Rings and we ran into. Tom Bombadil and I said, and I just had a brain fart and I said, "What? Oh, what's Tom Bombadil's partner's name? It's Gold, Gold, something." And you and I, Kyle, what it's is Gold? It? You know, it's
0: Gold Mary. It's Gold Mary. God. <laughs> I just, I, I just wanted to drive some listener out there absolutely insane, but it was you. Of course, at, it was just you. Sit there for a second. <laughs> you I'm totally. Sorry. Took the, I you failed said, you. It was just uh, all the vitriol of that too. You just like you couldn't even let it lay for a moment. <laughs> You activated my uh, trap card, and I but, couldn't but be I, more happy. But
1: I'm happy to not be the expert on it uh, right? and throw that out. And I find that because I don't love to do a ton of intricate prep, that, that, that a lot of published adventures will have things that I'm not good at. I'm good at creating energetic game environments where people have a lot of fun. That's a skill yeah. that I have. But I don't have a skill at creating intricate puzzles and adventures. Those are an important mm. part of the game. So I'll defer to somebody who's good at that bring those into my game and that's what i mean when i take bits and pieces from published adventures and sort of stitch them together
0: that makes a lot of sense that's uh you've made you made a very compelling argument about a point of view that i don't have and i'm afraid i'm afraid this is a moment of personal growth for me uh which i was not prepared for so so (laughs) how dare you how dare you sir Well, is there anything else to, that we can say about about canon settings or Lord of the Rings?
1: Well, let's say you told talk, you've told me about a couple of bad canon setting experiences and a mm. couple of good ones. What's the canon setting you haven't run that you would like to? Oh, that's a good question.
0: There's 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 two. Okay, so the first one is I want to run a game of Flames of Freedom because my maps are in the book. <laughs> yes, that is. So- I love that.
1: Yeah, and but it's is Slaves like, of Freedom a canon setting?
0: It is. It has like an established like alternate timeline with like okay. all these all secret right. histories and monsters and stuff like that. Okay. Uh and and also like it it's revolutionary war history mixed with paranormal. Okay. So, like, cool. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. and it's like I don't know anything about revolutionary war history. So <laughs> I would feel like a real dope. Um and and in that case, I would just run the adventure that I did the maps for. And the other one is, I've always wanted to run an x men game that's set in the
1: nineteen sixties. Oh my God, that would be so good. I... you could use like icons or something we got we're gonna do a super show, but like I would love to play in an old goofy early Marvel. Hundred percent. So, how about you? What
0: are, what are what it's what's on the what's on the bucket list of um of of licensed games or of, of, of uh, not licensed yeah. games but canon canon settings that you want to do?
1: There's a there's a not it's not too famous one. It's from a series of surprise surprise fantasy novels from the seventies and eighties. You me? What are the chances? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was called um, it's uh the the setting is Amber. And it's the first book. You're talking Nine about
0: Princeses. Diceless Amber Princesses. Yes. Yeah, okay, It was based right. on a
1: series of books um, by uh, Roger Zelazny about this crazy family of immortal beings who are sort of the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise of it is that is that there's one true world. It's Amber. And everything else is a reflection of that in some way. And as you get further from Amber, the worlds get weirder. Right? So... Mm-hmm. Amber, but Amber has total medieval rules. Like there's no gunpowder. Everybody carries swords. Like, like, so it's a fantasy novel where you then go to regular earth and you can use pistols, but they didn't work in Amber. So, um, but the setting, I'm just so intrigued by this idea because talking about having to build my own game world, cause you could go anywhere or do anything, but, but what that would be driven of in my mind, Amber Diceless was a really influential game for me. Cause it was the first game. And I think for a lot of people where it's like, wait, you can just say what happens. Yeah. Like you can just narrate like there's rules, right? Wait, um, we can have fun. We can have fun. I don't. Yeah. Um, and and so I would run that setting because I think th- there's this there's a there's a dry humor to it that Roger Zelazny adds that I really love. But also um, just uh, this world that he creates about these about this medieval world that clashes into our our modern world. Um, that's fascinating, and and the main character's last name, the main character's name when he first he wakes up with amnesia. That's how the series starts, and his name is Carl Corey. And the first book <laughs> is about him discovering his true identity as a prince <laughs> of this insane royal family. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's a little uh, that, that's the one I would run that in a second if I could find other Amber enthusiasts, I would do that. Uh,
0: I, I is there anything else to talk about with canon settings and, no, and Lord I of the Rings is good. So this has been Splatbook, and remember, old Tom Bombadil, he is a merry fellow, bright blue his jacket is, and his boots are yellow. <laughs>
1: yes, 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 yes.
0: yes, yes, yes just, just, just to get all those people who are overly serious about whatever angry at us, <laughs> Intro music for today's episode was The Black Riders and Flight to the Ford by Bo Hansen's 1970 album, Music Inspired by Lord of the Rings. Outro music was from J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings Volume 1 for the Super Nintendo, published in 1994 by Interplay Productions. Music by Charles Chucky D. Deanen. Stay tuned for some cut ramblings from the episode. One of the things that I did last last summer was I was a keynote speaker at Mythgard uh, University's um, uh, Tolkien Symposium called MythMoot. Um, Get out of here! Yeah, so so I I got to eat with uh, I got to break bread with Corey Olson, the Tor- Tolkien professor himself, wow. and uh, yeah, it was it was wonderful. It was so much fun, and I was talking about uh, my. Uh, uh, I was talking about my comic and, and comics in general. She Dwarf, which is a, a love letter to Tolkien. It's basically if um, if The Hobbit was written by someone in Indiana, that's what I kind of that's my in my head. That's my pitch for what why I nice. thought that was an, it, that was worth spending five years of my life drawing. Um, well, and so awesome. I have I have a grand affection for this stuff. And, and one of the things that the Tolkien professor does, one of the things that Corey Cor- 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 Olson does, is he has these wonderful podcasts. Where he, he will go through like paragraph by paragraph the history of the Lord of the Rings or the, wow. the history of the Middle Earth, which is a 12-volume set. So this takes a while. He's yeah, been doing I would this imagine. For years and years. But the, the draft history of Fellowship the Ring is so interesting because Aragorn's character to begin with first was a hobbit. Right. Named Trotter. Trotter. So Strider is actually just like a response to like, well, if he's a human now, he's not going to trot. He's going to stride. (laughs) Right. Nice. So, but he was a hobbit who had been, uh, who had been tortured somehow by, by goblins and actually had like prosthetic wooden feet whoa yeah and it's just like and that is a really cool character uh right idea and it's just like you know so so when you say how do you have a hobbit that hangs out with um how do you have a hobbit that hangs out with with uh with Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli well this is how you do it you 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 start off with like this 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 you know one of one of the and even like the whole reason that Gandalf we're not going to be able to use any of this the whole reason that Gandalf, uh, like, That's went after bad, but Bil- I want to hear it so bad. Yeah, the whole reason that G- Gandalf went for Bilbo in the first place is because he has fey heritage. Like one of his uh, Took family, it's it's said that he he perhaps took a fairy wife, so he ah, has okay. he perhaps has elf blood in him. And there's there's the Goblin Wars and like all this kind of stuff where the golf was invented and all the so there is like this there there is the possibility of like this like barbarian hobbit you know, a ranger hobbit kind of um, like more hardcore than, than than the, than the, the soft, squishy people in Hobbiton to bring in. Yeah. It's not in necessarily, it's not in Lord of the Rings or any of the appendix, but it is in the draft history. So I think there's a way to kind of like shoehorn in some really cool stuff. But again, you would only know that if you've listened to like
1: eight years of podcast, maybe. (laughs) But I would say that that I still think that there's enough room in there for you to make a Hobbit that's different from the other Hobbits, yeah. and still have it feel like Lord of the Rings. And I think that's what you're saying with Trotter is that is that Hobbits aren't always what you what you think they are. There's what is it? Um, uh, seventh age. What's that one game? Thirteenth Eighth, age. Ninth?
0: Thirteenth age. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thirteenth age. In Prime character, number age. In in character creation, one of the things that you make is why your character is l- unlike anybody else. Right. So it's like I am of, you know, this heritage and this class, but what makes me different is this thing. And I think including that in your idea it's just like I'm I'm not like your grandpa's hobbit, all right? You know, right. like it's just like why can't you assimilate? This is the whole reason why you again the term assimilation comes up, but why would you ever leave if you were capable of being happy? in this bucolic, you know, uh, utopia in the first place.
1: Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think what hobbits don't have, and, and apparently in the seventies, a lot of like hippies fell in love with Lord of the Rings and they would write poor old, poor old J.R.R. and he hated them because he was an old fashioned English conservative. (laughs) But, but one thing they appreciated is this life without problems. Right. Well, I think, I think what happens is, is, Not to, I am not a Lord of the Rings scholar, but, but Mary and Pippin go through this change where they don't become the, where they're no longer the average hobbit. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally, but the world grows up with them. Right. So, so how do those, how, how can a character be different and how can the the world of the Shire grow up with them? And so Sam's able to put it back a little bit to the way it used to be, but it is a different world. Oh yeah. So, yeah,
0: And also, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that like people are like Hobbiton's the way to do it because it's like the book goes to great lengths to explain that that piece was hard fought for by like the rest of the world. Like yes. the only reason that's like it, it, you go and meet and talk to the people who's like their whole like family has died to, 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 to keep, you know, Mordor at bay and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's not, it's, it's rejection of the premise of the book to, to think that that is some kind of suggestion of, of, of a way of life, but uh, it is interesting, but also like, you know, how do you get hobbits to, to work with, it's like the hobbits and dwarves from, from, you know, the first book, like the dwarves are pretty bumbling, you know, it's like, Gimli is kind of like, you know, he's more hardcore uh, than, than perhaps like Balin and Dwalin were, but you know um, they, there's a, it's kind of like you kind of, if you start at a gradation, right. So if it, if it's not just like hobbits and Aragorn, if it's like, you know, hobbits and like a couple of coal mining dwarves, like you can really kind of massage that a little bit more. And
1: I think, and I'm not sure, but I think the starter set, and again, I'll tell you when I get to play the the full game. But the starter set feels like you're playing The Hobbit, mm. and the One Ring feels like you're playing Lord of the Rings, right? Mm. And I would even say in the books, there's a transition there because it starts. Oh, for sure. Fellowship starts out very hobbity, right? It starts, but there. transitions <laughs> to be a little more hardcore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Spoilers: Gandalf dies. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers: Frodo gets stabbed by an evil ghost. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, it is, it is a serious
0: tonal shift after that point. And yeah. that's, which I mean, the Barrow whites, is just like, it's like you fell into a horror novel. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. some of the best stuff that happens. Um, but did you watch that Russian Hobbit thing that leaked? I couldn't make it through the whole thing. You have to watch the Barrow white sequence.
1: Okay. Because right, it's like,
0: it's exactly as psychedelic as you're hoping. Like it is, okay. it's, it's actually, I can't imagine them doing it any better like P- like you know peter jackson isn't exactly the high water mark of like faithfulness to the books or anything right. but even with his budget i don't think he could have done as good a job
1: now okay i'll watch yeah
0: it. yeah yeah so okay. i've tricked you into watching this thing you don't want to watch and that's that's but that's... i'm
1: not going to watch the whole thing i'm just going to no
0: this. certainly not no i would never <laughs> I'll, i i'll i'll give you a time stamped link so you can just hit play that would and it's it's amazing. Amazing. at the good part uh <laughs>